Hi friends, and welcome to Trauma and Triumph. This is a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of powerful women who have taken their trauma and transformed it into triumph. I'm your host, Krista Janine, best known for my IG handle, Krista Janine, where I discuss health, wellness, social justice, single parenthood, and everything in between. But most importantly, where I discuss how we can all take trauma and transform it into triumph in our lives. During season one, you're going to meet a variety of amazing women who have overcome tremendous obstacles, setbacks, and trauma to become the extraordinary people they are today. On episode two of our season, we have Tyann Filson, media consultant and founder of LSF Yoga. I did things a little differently this week, so Tyann's going to introduce herself. Here goes. If somebody were to ask you who you are, right? in this space you got 30 seconds to say who you are who are you oh my gosh (laughs) this is probably the hardest question I'm going to answer today um honestly what I would say is um it's funny because I describe myself if you ask me professionally as a media consultant um that's my corporate life my corporate world but I'm also a yoga instructor and with that comes a blogging I am currently getting my life coaching certification and I would just broadly say entrepreneur and uh, that being driven by, we just launched an Etsy shop. So my husband has a business, I have a business, and then we've launched this business together. Um, so it's like all those things. It's the slash that Brene Brown talks about, right? Yoga instructor slash life coach slash this slash that. Um, and then of course, I can't deny all of the relationship hats I wear, right? I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a cousin, Um, So I like to call myself a friend, a confidant, a passionate soul. I'm all those things. And I can never pick just one to introduce myself as because they're all me. So, yeah. No, I love that. And we are multifaceted human beings and we are layered and nuanced. And it's unrealistic for any of us to think like I am just one thing because we're not. You're so many things wrapped up in one one body. (laughs) Right. Even after we get off this call, I'll be like, oh, I forgot to say. (laughs) (laughs) exactly and like all of us and and I think that's the beauty of the space we live in now right where it's like we can be as many things as we want to be and wear as many hats Mm -hmm. as we want to wear and it's like the world we live in right now allows us to have that space of being our full selves right and I feel like especially as women especially as black women we haven't had that space in the past right? Like our mothers didn't have that space. Right. Well, yeah, you wore a hat, but you also wore a mask, right? Like you wore, and then those masks had to be interchanged as needed to represent whatever it was, but you're right. Like you didn't necessarily, so often like dreams were put on hold or desires were, you know, suppressed or whatever it was. And and now I just feel like we're in this different space, this space of empowerment. I get chills just kind of thinking about it, right? Where it's like, I mean, I'm happy that I work for an organization that I do get to bring my authentic self. So I don't have to subdue yoga tie-in, right? When I'm at work, but also there's part of my corporate brain that shows up in my yoga at times. And so it just, it all goes together. Yeah. And it all works. It all works Mm -hmm. well together. And I don't think people say that enough. Like every aspect of who you are works in tandem very well because it's who you Mm -hmm. are. So it's, it's meant to work in tandem. It's not meant to be shifted. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's it's very interesting the time and space that we're in. Okay, what is one trauma centered event you've experienced that strikes you as the most pivotal moment in your life or a pivotal moment in your life? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I have to say, undoubtedly, it is when I was 20 years old. Um, so I just had my youngest son. Uh, he was four months old and my older son was just turning two. And um, I just returned back to school. So this is when I was in college. I think I was a junior and I just returned back to school after having the second baby. And I got a call during finance class. Um, their dad, my son's father had been shot. And I just remember, like, I remember it literally like it was yesterday. It was 20 years ago. I remember like it was yesterday, leaving campus, gathering my stuff as fast as I could. You know, my bags are half packed, right? Books are hanging out, notebooks that I'm speed walking to the parking lot. And I remember thinking the whole time, first of all, my legs are really moving fast, but I'm going nowhere is how I felt. So like mm -hmm. just frantic, but also Krista, no lie. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. I just got back to school. How in the world am I supposed to find time to like take care of a wounded man? which is kind of crazy. And even when I say it, my heart kind of skips because I was like, I cannot believe that was my first thought. Um, because when I got to the hospital, he was already gone. Mm -hmm. So he didn't survive. And literally everything that I thought I knew about life just kind of crumbled around me. Um, and of course there's the, like, you, you've, no matter the trauma, no matter what happens, you feel like there's something you could have, should have, would have done different in order to prevent it. Um, even that thought, that last thought that I had, it's like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't been thinking such a selfish thought, you know, which is ridiculous now, 20 years looking back, but yeah. I just remember going through like all this mental turmoil. I mean, surely the, the event itself, but then everything that surrounded that event. I mean, if I'm being really honest, we didn't have a great relationship. We were young and yeah. lots of mistakes were made. And in my mind, we were going to figure it out eventually. We were gonna figure out how to be like this healthy couple so that we could be good parents to our son who we both loved. We loved our sons very much, but we weren't a great couple. It was a very unhealthy situation. But in that moment, it was like, whatever I thought the future looked like was gone. It, yeah. it didn't exist. And I mean, literally like, I think that's the life that my, that's the day my life changed like forever. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting though, that you still remember that thought, because for me, when you say, oh, how am I possibly going to take care of a wounded man too? What comes up for me is like, so much was already on your plate. And so mm -hmm. you were already carrying so much and it never yeah. dawned on you that he wasn't going to make it. Cause of course he's going to mm -hmm. make it. He just was whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It never even crossed your mind that that was a possibility, but the possibility right. that did cross your mind and gave you anxiety was how am I going to add something else to right. my right. plate? Right. And I mean, now looking back, it's like, I was a baby, like 20. Yeah. 20. Right. And yes, you're right. And I hadn't even thought about it from that angle, that perspective. But of course, I think because I felt so bad for having the thought that I didn't really take time to like think about what what, what did that represent? Um, but yeah, that's where I was in that moment. Surely everything flipped upside down when I got to the hospital and he was already gone. And it was like nothing else mattered except for, I mean, at least for that first you know couple hours, it was like, how am I even gonna put one foot in front of the other? Mm -hmm. to, to even walk out of this hospital, right? Like I called my cousin who's amazing and she went and got my kids from daycare. And um, eventually I think I made my way to my parents' house where she was there with the kids waiting on me. And I literally don't even know how I kind of functioned for the next 24 hours probably without my family just being there to like help prop me up. Cause I, I think I was, you know, figuratively and maybe literally slumped. Yeah, you were in shock. 
I was in shock. Yeah. Yeah. I was in shock. Yeah. So, so how did that event like change you spiritually, emotionally, mentally? Like, what was that transition like for you? Yeah. I mean, surely like in the immediate state, it, it broke my spirit completely. Like I said, I thought this was someone who like, I would figure it out with, we would figure out how to like be better as a couple and get things together. And, you know, and then it's like, this is my children's father. My children had siblings. And so there's six children now, you know, without their dad, no matter what, you know, life had thrown at us that that was like the biggest thing that hit me and hit me hard. So like my spirit was broken. Um, and emotionally, I, I would say while my spirit was starting to heal and understand that like life has its journey, no matter how messed up it is, like emotionally, I think it's, I think there's things I'm probably still recovering from right this far later, but certainly that took a much longer time. Interestingly enough, mentally, while I was pretty messed up immediately, um, you know, I just mentioned, I just gone back to school and the kids were young and I have this vision. I was driving to school. Um, I, I probably took two weeks off. And then after that, I literally couldn't be in that house anymore with all of his things and all of our stuff and all of what was supposed to be our future. And so I needed to get up and move and go. And so I went back to school two weeks later and on my drive to campus, um, I remember being on the highway and there's the retainer wall to my right and there's the median and the oncoming traffic to my left. And I remember thinking about turning the wheel as hard as I could to the right and just going over the retainer wall because I was so hurt. I was in so much pain. But when I looked in my rearview mirror, the kids' car seats were in the back. They weren't in the car with me. They were at daycare, but their car seats were in the back. And I was like, what the hell are you thinking? Like you have two people that need you now more than ever. You are their only parent. Get your shit together. Sorry, I hope I can say that. You can edit yeah, it out. Yeah, you can cuss. You can cuss here. This is a safe space. <laughs> um, and I and I did. And I'm not saying that the pain went away, but that's how I figured out how to put one foot in front of the other. So that's the moment that we're like mentally, I realized I was the only person that was gonna help me mentally through this. I mean, my family again, amazing, supportive, there for me but I could be the only one to decide for myself to move mm -hmm. forward. And from that point, it was like, okay, well, you are who they depend on and you are the one that's going to like hold yourself together and pick up these pieces and, and you're going to be okay. And honestly, the biggest thing was no matter how messed up life had certainly become for me, the sun comes up every day. The yeah. world turns every day. It does not matter how hard, how hurtful, your pain is the world keeps moving with or without you, which is painful. <clears throat> it's painful, but it's also empowering because you have to figure out what you're going to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's two things that's like really stuck out to me right there is that conversation you have with yourself. And I don't think a lot of people like discuss that conversation you have with yourself when you're contemplating suicide right and when you're contemplating do I want to be here anymore or could mm -hmm. I just like peace out and it be okay mm -hmm. and and people don't speak to like the mental strength and fortitude it takes to talk yourself out of something right mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. you are your only defense in that moment and you're fighting yourself right some of our worst decisions come in split seconds right yeah 
And so, yes, like had, had I not had a moment of like, whether it was glancing at their seats or just, you know, that's not necessarily who I think I am down in my spirit, but I was in pain and in, in yeah. any of any person can be in that experience where it's like in that moment, you could have like red or blue pill kind of you know, yeah. idea, right? Where you choose one path or the other. Um, yeah. So you're right. Like that conversation with yourself is, is one of the most uh, critical that you'll ever have. Yeah. And that's why it's so mm. important to have a relationship with yourself. And I'm sure like in that moment, that's not what you were thinking. I was like, oh, I have a relationship with myself to <laughs> talk myself out of things. But like, but you did to some degree because you knew that your kids were important to you, right? Or you mm-hmm. knew that what you had to do was important to you, even though you were sad and like depressed mm-hmm. and hurt, right? You mm-hmm. still had enough enough wherewithal and understanding of who you were to say, that's not what I actually want to do. Right. right? Even right. if you couldn't name it. God, thankfully, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Whether I could truly name it. And I certainly probably couldn't at the time. Yeah. Right. But looking back with all this hindsight vision, it's like, maybe it was God, maybe it was, you know, inner spirit, whatever it was. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that the conversation was there to make that different decision. Absolutely. And like, I tell you this all the time, like, it's one and the same. I, I talk about intuition a lot, but I also talk about the fact like your intuition is your higher self. Whatever you want to call your higher self, yeah. Yeah. that's what your intuition is. Like, and that's yeah. your your guide. And it is, it is, it's one and the same, you know. And I think just being aware of yourself is like is such a beautiful thing, even in the midst of your pain. Yep. So speaking of pain, so what was your healing process like moving past that? I mean, surely um, being able to just put one foot in front of the other, right? And see how your life can continue to unfold despite whatever it is that you've gone through. I talked about my family a lot. Like my family was absolutely my source of strength. They swooped in and loved on me, right? And cared for me and cared for my boys in indescribable ways. Um, So I think that's where it began. But, you know, again, there's a lot of self-work that has to be done, whether you know it or not. And I know that for me, the emotional pain that I alluded to a little bit ago showed up in relationships. You know, the anxiety that I started to feel, um, the ways that I would react and respond to worst case scenarios. I mean, you literally couldn't ring my phone twice without me freaking out and thinking something was wrong whether that's a relationship issue or just like response to trauma, right? Because yeah. my phone rang twice on that day. Like the first, first time it rang, I silenced it because I was in class. The second time it rang, I was like, oh my God, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So from that point forward, back-to-back rings make my heart skip a beat. Yeah. Um, but I say that to say, so that means that there were things within me that still had triggers. So therapy was really important to me. And I didn't realize that until I was in the middle of how, like whatever breakup I was in the middle of. Um, I was living in Minnesota at the time and going through this particular breakup and um, decided to go to therapy and talk it out and got asked some really hard questions that helped me look within. Interestingly, and I think technically yoga came first, but it came first as a form of fitness, but it was also this gateway into introspection. And so between the yoga that I was starting to do and this therapy that was taking me deeper. So now the introspection is becoming spoken out loud where it's like, well, you know, Uh, My blog is called Creating Space. And the very first time I named it, or the very first time I heard that phrase, my therapist asked me, well, are you creating space for other people to show up in your life the way you show up in theirs? 
And I just sat back in my chair and was like, huh. Yo, therapists be coming at our neck though. Can we talk about that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, what? I know you have this like special like power to, I don't know, but yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I, no, How, wait, let's talk about it. Like, I need more time to process that. Um, and so, yeah, the idea of creating space has evolved since that conversation, but it sat with me. And so the idea of like creating space to let other people in and care versus you being the person that does all the work and all the effort. Um, and so, yeah, while this experience kind of left a lot of like unprocessed pain, um, that led to therapy, like therapy led to dealing with the things that probably put me in that situation to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. um, to some degree. Um, I talked a little about yoga and then more recently, I've probably since my training as a yoga instructor and then going more into the practice and, and integrating it into my life, uh, mindfulness becomes so much more important, right? I mean, certainly I think a lot of people that have appreciation for yoga have appreciation for it on and off the mat, but I'll be the first to admit, like I have monkey brain. My brain jumps around like nobody's business. My poor <laughs> husband can attest to this. Like he is probably more mindful than me. And I'm the one with the certification, right? But maybe I have the certification because I realize that there's something within me that I need to work on. Um, but mindfulness. So those things have helped me to just like really heal, lean on other people, um, care for myself, give myself the help that I need. Right. And then do the things I think that serve me and serve myself like energetically, mentally and emotionally. So I can ask myself the question, OK, what do you need? What is really going on today? Because that answer is going to be different from one day to the next. But I think until we learn how to slow down and going back to your comment, have a conversation with yourself. What do you need right now? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's so crazy because. Like, as we talk, and we, we talk about this all the time, it's like, I feel like we both just gain so much perspective from one another, like, in our conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, what is one thing that you've learned the most from that experience? I mean, honestly, I'm still learning. And maybe, maybe that is the thing, is that, like, right, like, you know the quote, like, you get to be both um, a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time kind of deal. Yeah. And I think I learned... Um, I learned that I don't need to have all the answers. I think that part of me, even, even your statement early on, I was like, well, how am I going to add this? And it's like, I think right now I'm just learning that I'm, I'm learning more about who I am. I'm learning more about how to ask myself what I need. I'm learning how to like slow down and be in the moment. Um, I mean, I don't know if it came directly from that or if it's just all part of the journey, the journey of pushing so damn hard to mm -hmm. hold yourself and to hold your life together and then, you know, and, and it's worth celebrating. I'm really, really proud of like where I've landed and, and, you know, the roles of the people and the relationships in my life, even the people that didn't, weren't meant to stay in my life. Like I'm proud of like the path through that and on the other side of that. Um, and I'm really happy with where I am now. Right. And so it's like, I guess what I learned is that life is going to continue to unfold in unexpected ways and that I have within me what I need to get through it. Yeah. even if I'm still in progress. Yeah, no, I love that. And that kind of leads into the next thing is like, what do you feel like is your greatest strength you gained from this experience? 
hands down, I think it's resilience, right? I think that you learn by overcoming life's challenges, you learn just how strong you are, even when you may feel at your weakest, um, which maybe is the other side of it, is I also learned how to be, be vulnerable and be okay being vulnerable. Um, it's funny because me and my husband used to get into these little tiffs because I hated when he would call me out for being wrong and I felt so exposed right? And it'd be the smallest thing. It'd be like me saying the cup was blue and turns out the cup is purple. And I'd be like, well, why'd you have to? And it's like, it's okay to be wrong. It's yeah. okay to not have all the answers. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm sure he's really glad that I finally like got into this place of like needing to letting perfection move to the side. Um, but in general, on, on a heavier note or lighter, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. So it's a combination, resilience and vulnerability. Yeah, no, I love that because Sarah Jakes Roberts speaks to exactly that when she and Torre first got married and he would like say, well, that's not actually right or that's that whatever, that it would offend her so much. And one day he sat her down and he was like, why do you get so upset? Right. <laughs> and it like it took them down this this rabbit hole of vulnerability. But at in the end, it made their relationship stronger because he understood you know, mm-hmm. where that, that trigger was coming from and why that was mm-hmm. such a trauma response for her. Cause that's what it mm-hmm. is. It's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have to expose my imperfections? Why my do you flaws. have to do, yeah. Why are you doing that to me? Right. Yeah. But it's a trauma mm-hmm. response because somewhere in your life, somebody did that who didn't love you or who didn't care for you the same mm-hmm. way and who was actually doing it to tear you down right? Mm, As opposed mm. to this healthy relationship you're in, where it's not the intention at all. It's like, no, mm-hmm. but the cup just isn't blue. Like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> right? Like, you literally, I think you were there for the argument. Like, literally, you just channeled his, his entire energy where he was like, I don't know why you're so upset. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's so funny, because we all, we all have those trauma responses that don't have anything to do with the moment that we're sitting in right now. And especially but, not the person. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. so nice though to have that type of relationship with your partner where they can be like, okay, come <laughs> on, like <laughs> fill me in a little bit on what's actually happening because right. I'm so right. confused. Right. Um, right. But I mean, but vulnerability is such a beautiful thing that I feel like society has told us is weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Vulnerability isn't something that we lean into. And I've been reading a lot of books that like speak exactly that. Like our society tells us to lean into our intellect and to like do things logically and like yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But like our emotions and our vulnerability are actually our superpowers because leaning into that, you actually start to see the world very differently. It yeah. allows you to embrace the world differently. It allows you to navigate it differently, right? Okay. So it's so it's so interesting because a lot of people are talking about vulnerability more, but not as a negative like mm. reality in their life. But like even Gabrielle Union in her new book, she talks about vulnerability mm. and how like that is like such a powerful thing yeah. Yeah. when it's done in a healthy space. <laughs> and right. that's the gotcha. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. And I, I think that there's something to the idea of being able to um kind of like let your guard down and let yourself not feel as like woven or like clamped together, right? Just to be like, just, just open up and breathe and it's okay. But you're right in that there, as anything, right? There can be like kind of a slippery slope or a, an other side of the spectrum to that where it's like, okay, well, maybe this is not serving you as an individual or the people around you because you're in a different type of space. That's, that's different than vulnerability. So what, 
would you tell somebody that's like in a similar situation, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A young girl who, you know, has just lost the father of her children is trying to figure out how do I do this? Right. I think the first and foremost is kind of that thing that I've learned over time is like you have everything within you to move forward. It doesn't mean you don't lean on your resources and the people in your life that you can trust, but it means that like know that you are whole within Um, And honestly, this has become one of my most recent, like kind of internal mantras. Everything is temporary in life, everything, whether we like it or not. That means the, the, the presence of our loved ones in our lives, unfortunately, temporary, but also so is pain. Yeah. Right. And so we have to just learn how to honor ourselves, honor our needs, but still be able to take life as it comes and know that, again, we have what's in us to be able to put one foot in front of the other and move through the ups and the downs of life. And for the most part, from what I've seen, come out okay, come out better on the other side. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and just speaking to that, like what do you feel like that woman that was is the in-between woman, right? So the bridge, yeah. if you will, they got you from your moment of trauma to essentially your moment of triumph where you were okay and thriving and able to... Mm-hmm to live life like what what did she do for you and how did she kind of like help get you there right so I guess I'm picturing myself because this happened right before I turned 21 so I'm picturing myself from like 21 through probably 30 I just I started to grind it out right like at that point I just fixed my eyes on the prize whatever that was first it was college graduation and then it was securing a full-time job and then it was doing my best to be able to like ascend or whatever and provide for my family and it was like that woman had a goal and a mission and would not be distracted or deterred right and now I I am in a space where it's like again I'm asking myself okay well what do you need Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that I'm there there was a period of time where I maybe wasn't as in tune to that but because I was coping with pain and coping with trauma I was just focused on making it to the next day. I was focused on just being able to show up and do my best because I had people that needed me, people being like my my sons, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's who she was. She she put her big girl pants on and I know people might frown at that, right? But like she needed to like move forward in life because life was going to move forward with with or without her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean and I think that in itself is is powerful, right? Cuz you made a decision And then the decision carried you through to where you are Mm -hmm. today. You know what I mean? And like, you could have made a very different decision. You could have decided, Mm -hmm. well, I can't be a mother of two and go to school. And you could have dropped out of school and not graduated. Like you could, Mm -hmm. like, there's so many other decisions you could have made, but that decision is what like brought you to where you are now. Right. So final question before we move into like the speed round, but what Mm -hmm. would your, if somebody were to ask you like, what, does a journey of trauma to triumph look like? What would your explanation be? I think a journey from trauma to triumph is all about showing up. And that's like such a huge like pillar for me is like, first you have to show up for yourself, right? And show up means honoring what you need at that point in time, but you have to slow down enough to ask yourself what you need and then be, um, be, be wise enough or be intuitive enough to be able to hear that inner voice and, and speak to that. Um, 
you know, being able to ask yourself again, I know, I know I said it a couple of times, but what is it that I need today? What is my goal? What am I striving for? What do I need in order to be able to get there? Some days it's rest. Some days it's, it's work. Yeah. Right. But you, you have to be able to show up for yourself in order to be able to show up for everyone else and in order to be able to overcome the trauma and, and move towards triumph. Yeah. And what's one last thing you would want our listeners to like take away from this conversation? You know, you, you don't have to have gone through something as life changing as, you know, losing your partner, the, the, the father of your children or someone that close in your life to have overcome um, something traumatic. And I don't want anyone to uh, minimize their own personal struggles and say, well, that one wasn't as bad. So therefore it's like, no, if you went through something difficult, honor it, acknowledge it. And then again, look within and determine like, what is it that you need to, in order to move forward? Like there's no need to compare, you know, pain, compare like whose is worse or it's just, we all have pain and we all have suffering. Um, but we also all have within us the ability to move forward um, and I just, I just think that we have to honor that within ourselves and, you know, use your village, be a village too, right? Be a village, show up for other people, show yeah. up when your loved ones need you, because that's where the connection, the bind, um, the strength and fortitude does come from. Yeah, no, I love that. That's like the perfect note to end on. Okay, <laughs> lightning round. So this is the fun part. We want to end on a high note. <laughs> um, so like, short answers here as short as you can get them yep. what is one thing you're most proud of that you've achieved in life I, I hate to call this an achievement but I'm gonna call it motherhood you have no idea how many times I thought oh my god I'm gonna break these kids right I'm gonna do something like but they are wonderful whole <laughs> humans with bright futures ahead um I love them dearly we survived us all growing up together and so and I've got an extended family now I love being a mother um so yeah it's motherhood Uh, how old are your kids so my daughter is 24 my son's 22 my son's 20 yeah okay wow yeah I gotta love motherhood. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I do. I like being a parent. Okay. What's your number one goal for 2022? It is channeling the spirit of endless opportunities and abundance. You and I talked months ago and you used the phrase um, scarcity mindset. And we talked about the whole alignment thing, right? Things hit your spirit. I'm in the the space of abundance now. Yeah, I know that's right. Yeah. Man, but yeah, that's sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go off on tangent. Okay, where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself more fully aligned to purpose. I think I'm on the path. Yeah, I love that. So, what first impression do you want others to experience when they meet you? I hope that it is a, a true sense for for who I am, my authentic self, and that I genuinely care about other people and, and the well being of others. Aww. And then what's one quote that you live by and why? I thought I had it around me, but it is peace. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. And I believe the author is un- anonymous or unknown, but that's yeah. it. That's a dope quote. So why is that your, like, your go-to quote? I love that quote. 
the the intention of peace got me through 2019, um, 2020, 2020 actually. I think I found that quote in 2019. It carried me through all through 2020. Um, it, it reminds you that life is not gonna be fair and it's not gonna be easy, uh, but we have it within us, right? To, to still center and, and to find that space within to, to, to be at ease yeah. um, despite the storm, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And it just goes to your point that if, if you're living life on purpose, it's, mm-hmm. it's never not going to be chaotic and it's never not going to be not rocky, right? Like that's not what living mm-hmm. a life of purpose is. It's actually right. the opposite, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that peace comes from the fact that you know that you're living your life on purpose and you yes. know that everything is happening intentionally and for a reason and either to teach you something or like you said earlier, to move something out of the way that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's all purposeful. It's never a waste. So yeah, no, I definitely think that that moment you don't have peace, you're, you need to start reevaluating things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how you define it too, right? Like yeah. everything can be chaos around you, but it doesn't mean that your inner has mm-hmm. to reflect that same chaos. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining the party. Um, tell people where they can find you, what you have coming up, anything you want to promote. This is your moment. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. I love talking to you. I love being a part of this very powerful movement. You're going to, you're, you are doing amazing things. I love seeing thank your you. shares and, and all the things that you put out into the universe. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, you can find me at LSF Yoga. So that is my Instagram handle. It is my Facebook handle, my website, lsfyoga.com. I mentioned that we just launched an Etsy shop. Super excited for that. That is Custom Creations 513. You can get some really fun personalized gifts there. A link to that is also on my LSF Yoga website. But yeah. And I'll share all of this in in the show notes too. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I know you're busy and I know it's always crazy, um, but I'm glad we were able to do this and just sit down and talk. And I do feel like these stories, because the women I'm having on have like lived life, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. And like all different ages, you know, all different walks of life, but like have lived life and are living it well, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I can't wait to listen to all of them. And I am not just saying that. I will listen to all of them. Yeah. And you'll be sucked in. They're they're good conversations. Well, I mean, the conversations I've had thus far are good. And I, I imagine they'll get better as we go. But yeah, no, it's just like, it's nice insight and perspective and on so many different types of things that, that happen in life. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, to be able to learn from someone else's experience too, right? Like we don't have to have all gone through it ourselves. Like take some of that wisdom from, from someone else's experience and apply it. Well, there you have it, friends. Another episode of Trauma and Triumph. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I hope the one thing you took from this episode is that you should never be afraid to use other people's lived experiences to help guide you along your path. If you're enjoying our conversation so far, please feel free to subscribe on Spotify or Amazon Music. Also, be sure to share with your friends and family. See you next week for another triumphant story.